As 15 days to slow the spread enters its 590th day, rulers around the world are becoming more brazen and open about the political goals of this public health lockdown. In New Zealand, the prime minister is now openly admitting her ultimate goal, which is a new social hierarchy, a new form of segregation. So you basically see this is going to be like, well, it's almost like, uh, you probably don't see like this, the two different classes of people. If you're vaccinated or if you're unvaccinated, you have all these rights. If you are vaccinated. That is what it is. So, yep. That is what it is. You got to give her points for honesty. All societies have hierarchies, okay? Sometimes the hierarchies are according to class, sometimes according to race, sometimes according to money. In America, until very recently, it was according to merit. Now, the hierarchy depends entirely upon your compliance with the whims of the ruling class. On the bright side, though, as the left is showing its true colors, the right is becoming increasingly less cowardly, at least in a few places, willing to take off the kid gloves to fight back. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment from yesterday comes from Charlene, who says, every time I feel like giving up homeschooling because it seems impossible, I just watch videos like these to reiterate why I chose to do it in the first place. This is true. It's very hard to fight back against these people who are taking away your rights and your liberties and your way of life because they just make it so convenient to give them all the power. And they make it so inconvenient not to give them all the power. But we've got to fight back. That's the trap, okay? They've got the stick. They beat you with the stick, but they've got that carrot too. It makes it so easy. Do not let them do that, okay? We want to preserve something. We want to have good memories to pass on to future generations, good memories to look back to. When you want to look back to some of those great memories, I would recommend you check out Paint Your Life. I love Paint Your Life. I could not possibly be more impressed with Paint Your Life. What is Paint Your Life? You send them a photo or multiple photos of a loved one, of a place, of a special memory, and they will create a hand-painted picture of it for you. I like mine in oil, but they have other options as well. I will be completely blunt. I did not think this could be a good service. I figured the art would be amateurish and not great. So the first time I got one done, I had it done for my stepbrother. And then I received the the hand-painted portrait. And it was beautiful. It was incredible. So then I said, all right, I don't want, all right, fine. You can have this one because it was of him and his wife. But I said, now I want some for me. I had one done of my mother. I'm having another one done. Now it's just, they're just beautiful. They're really, and the price is unbelievably low. And it is such a special way to spruce up your home, have a cherished memory. It makes a great Christmas gift. At paintyourlife.com, there is no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. They will work with you every step of the way. You can check on stuff. Uh, right now is a limited time offer. You can get 20% off your painting, 20% off and free shipping. Text Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L to 64,000. That is Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L to 64,000. Head on over to Paint Your Life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Terms apply available at paintyourlife.com terms. How do you get it? Text Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L to 64,000. You want to talk about brazenness, you want to talk about boldness, the way the ruling class here in the United States especially is just wielding its power. Hunter Biden. Yes, Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden, you know, he's that great artist. 
he's the, he started painting about five minutes ago. Now he is one of the highest grossing artists in the world. His art dealer is a man named Georges Berger. Oh, wow. That sound, doesn't that sound just like an art dealer? Georges Berger, the art dealer for Hunter Biden, was photographed on Thursday wearing a hat from Camp David. Camp David is the presidential retreat. That's the place where the president and his family go to relax, the sort of private place for the president. So we've been told that Hunter Biden's art career, which has existed for exactly five minutes, has absolutely nothing to do with Joe Biden. It has nothing to do with peddling influence, has nothing to do with bad actors around the world trying to curry favor with the sitting president. Hunter Biden's getting half a million dollars for his doodles just because people really like them or something. And so his art dealer is wearing a hat featuring the symbol of the presidential retreat. Now, where did he get the hat? Did the art dealer go to Camp David? I don't know. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. That would be kind of a scandal if he did actually go there. Did he get the hat from Hunter or Joe Biden? I don't know. It'd be pretty scandalous if he did that. Did he just have the hat made on his own? He's never been to Camp David. He just had it printed up on a website. Very possibly, that's still a scandal because the signal that he is sending out there is, I am close to the president. I'm so close to the president that I go to his private retreat. Want to buy this artwork? Half a million bucks for some doodles. But imagine the influence that will by you. And what are we doing about it? What do conservatives do about this? Well, I'll tell you what they do. Here's a news report just came out yesterday. On Monday, a group of GOP members of the House Judiciary Committee fired off a letter to Attorney General Merrick Garland demanding he fully and unequivocally withdraw some memo that he had written. I'm really not criticizing members of the House of Representatives here. Okay. They're doing pretty much all that they can do. But I have to tell you, I am really, really sick of headlines about Republican lawmakers sending other people letters. I'm breaking Republican sends letter to his political opponents. Breaking. The opponents have to read the letter. Oh, wow, guys. Was the letter strongly worded? Oh, boy, that's going to show him. God, how is Merrick Garland going to recover from that? You sent him a letter. Oh, boy, the Biden administration's on the ropes, man. They're getting, they're getting letters from the House. They're getting letters from the Senate. Oh, boy, their afternoon is going to be ruined, depending on what adjectives you put in that letter. Not going to do anything, of course. So what are we supposed to do? I'm, I'm really not beating up on the House members here because they just don't have any power. So, <laughs> so they can hold hearings that don't matter and they can write letters that also don't matter. What we need to do if we want to affect politics beyond hurting Merrick Garland's feelings with strongly worded letters is we need to win elections and then we need to fire lots of people, lots of Democrats in the bureaucracy. Then we need to replace them with our people. And then we need to wield power and exercise that power. Strongly worded letters and a buck 50 will get you a cup of coffee. That's actually not true. In Trump's America, strongly worded letters and and a buck 50 would get you a cup of coffee. In Joe Biden's America, you need like six or seven bucks because inflation is through the roof. And there's nothing you can do about it, Republicans, unless you win elections and kick out all your opponents and fill those positions with all your supporters and then wield the power, okay? But we don't really tend to do that very much. What happens is we occasionally win elections and then we don't do anything. 
other than cut taxes, which is not going to help us retake our country. Now, the strongly worded letter in this case was focused on Merrick Garland's uh, decision to target the concerned parents who have been showing up to school board meetings. Okay, so the DOJ, the attorney general, had sent out this, this letter accusing parents who show up to school board meetings of being domestic terrorists. And so the, the Republicans don't like this. So what we need to do is not just write strongly worded letters. We need to win the elections and stop this because what the parents are doing is far more important and effective than what most elected Republicans are doing. And speaking of those schools, by the way, that issue is working for Republicans. There was a new poll just came out from Suffolk and USA Today. It was a poll of likely Virginia voters. It was a poll on the approval numbers for Joe Biden. Joe Biden won Virginia by 10 points in 2020 over President Trump. Right now, Joe Biden's approval rating is underwater by 10 points in Virginia. Just 42% of Virginia residents approve of Joe Biden's performance, 52% disapprove. Voters between the ages of 18 and 45 and voters 65 and older were much more disapproving of Joe Biden than voters who were in the middle, 46 to 65. So Joe Biden's margin of victory in Virginia was the largest for a Democrat in in Virginia since FDR in 1944. Some of that might have to do with the way that they changed all, all of the voting measures. What was the issue that mattered most to people? The issue that mattered most to people, according to this poll, is the economy. That's almost always the case. 39.6% of the people responding said it was the economy. So obviously Joe Biden is screwing up there. What's the second biggest issue for people? Education. I said it yesterday. You know I hate to say how right I am. It pains me. It's hard to do it. But I said yesterday, this education issue is a huge winning issue for Republicans. Second only to the economy right now. So run on it. You're seeing Glenn Youngkin, the Republican candidate for governor, running on it right now against, against Terry McAuliffe, the, the once and future governor, the guy who's trying to take his job back. Terry McAuliffe running on a platform of parents have no right to go to their kids' school boards. Parents have no right to influence the curriculum. We need to run on this. This is a great issue. Okay. This is bad news for Terry McAuliffe in Virginia in the short term, but let's learn this lesson. Don't just focus on the stupid corporate tax cuts. Don't just focus on allowing, allowing the schools to teach whatever they want. And yes, critical race theory is bad, so we shouldn't make it mandatory, but it should be an option and we should expand the curriculum and include also, no, just ban it, just ban it. DeSantis is doing this very effectively in Florida. Kick the stuff out of the classroom, fire the bad teachers, fire the bad superintendents, get a little bit tough. The liberal establishment right now is trying to cover up corruption in schools. There was an incredible piece in the Washington Post. Do I have the, no, I don't have the story itself. All you really need though is the tweet about the story. Okay. So this is the Washington Post covering the Loudoun County story. That's the story of a young girl who was raped in a bathroom by a dude who sometimes wears a dress, who pretends that he's a girl sometimes because of the stupid transgender rules in the bathrooms in Loudoun County. Here is the tweet from the Washington Post. A teen testified that she met a classmate for consensual sex in the girls' bathroom of a Loudoun County high school before, but in a May encounter, she was sexually assaulted. New details in the case at the center of a firestorm. In other words, she had asked for it. 
the Washington Post's hot take on a story that they refused to cover that we broke, that the Daily Wire broke, about a girl being raped by a dude in a girl's bathroom at a school with transgender bathroom policies. Their hot take is she had asked for it. Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane stuff coming from our rulers right now. I mean, you can see, you don't need to look for these stories even in the schools and these stories. You can just see it every time you go to the gas pump. And when you go to the gas pump, I hope you save money with GetUpside. There has never been a sponsor who has come on this show at a more opportune time than GetUpside. What is GetUpside? GetUpside saves you money at the gas tank. Right now, our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. Get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That is up to 50 cents cash back. Do not pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. You download the app for free. Use promo code Knowles. You can get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are saving as much as two or 300 bucks per month. They're getting it in cash back. There's no catch. You can cash out anytime with a, a direct payment to your bank account, with PayPal, with e-gift cards to Amazon and other brands. It's just, it's unbelievable. Do not leave money on the table. Head on over to GetUpside right now. Get the free app. Use promo code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. Get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. You are welcome. This is my early Christmas gift to you. Use code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. The Washington Post frames the story of a young girl, of a what, 15-year-old girl getting raped by a dude who sometimes wears a skirt in the girl's bathroom. They frame it as, well, they had had sex before. They had had sex before. So, so it was his right to have sex with her again. Now, obviously, the Washington Post is sick and shameless. This is a disgraceful take on, on the story. It does raise these questions. So let's answer these questions. One, does previously consensual sex excuse raping someone? The Washington Post seems to think perhaps we would say no, it does not. There is another question here, which is these kids were so young, they had had a relationship before. What led to this? I won't go into the details of of what went on in this encounter, but it was as bad as it possibly gets, okay? Short of killing the girl, it was as bad as it possibly gets. How old is the kid? 14, 15 years old? What led him to this? What what factors led to this? I would strongly suspect that this kid is looking at hardcore porn, right? I mean, I suspect about 99% of teenage boys are looking at hardcore porn. It's everywhere. There are no safeguards on it, and boys are curious, and their hormones are going crazy. Some of the acts that he performed on this girl, I strongly suspect he first discovered in the ubiquitous hardcore porn. Does that, should we maybe regulate that? I know the, the kind of squish answer is, no, we can never regulate that. It seems to me probably we should. I'm not, just as I'm not blaming the victim like the Washington Post is, I'm not just blaming porn, but there are factors that led to this. Maybe we should regulate that. Maybe that's something conservatives need to take up. Speaking of crime and punishment, though, Violent crime is surging in Minnesota. It surged over the past year. It's up uh, 17% total, setting records for murders. Ilhan Omar's take on this? Got to blame the cops. What we must also recognize is that the reduction in policing currently in our city 
and the lawlessness that is happening um, is due to two things. One, the police have chosen to not fulfill their oath of office and to provide the public safety they are owed to the citizens they serve, right? It's documented. But even before that, it was documented. The Minneapolis Police Department is the most dysfunctional police department in our state and probably in the country. Ilhan Omar has such a sinister sounding voice. <laughs> Beyond what she's actually saying, the way she talks, it's like a movie villain. But what is she saying? She's saying, we must recognize that uh, the reduction in policing currently in our city and the lawlessness is happening because the police have chosen to not fulfill their oath of office and, and protect the people they said they'd protect. This is this is a, a big problem. And she says the second one is even before that, it was documented that the Minneapolis Police Department was very dysfunctional. Okay. But the thing is, she's pointing out that it's these two problems, but we're focusing on the surge in crime. So when she says, even before recent events, it you know, the, the police department was very dysfunctional. Okay, but that's that doesn't matter. That's irrelevant because we're talking about the change, right? We're talking about the huge increase in crime, 17% increase in violent crime and new records for murders. So it's really just number one. Ilhan Omar saying the police are refusing to do their job and protect people. What was Ilhan Omar saying last year? Last year, she said that the police are a cancer and we quote, we need to completely dismantle the Minneapolis police department. Do you get it yet? Do you see this? When the police do their job and arrest criminals, that is terrible discrimination. It's racist. It's evil. It's white supremacy. We need to abolish the police. Okay. Then the police don't arrest the criminals. Do you know what that is? It's racist. It's white supremacy. They're not protecting people. They're not doing their jobs. We need to, what do we need to do? We need to refund the police. <laughs> what is it? It's a rigged game is what it is. Anything the cops do is evil and the cause of society's woes. There's nothing the cops can do right now that Ilhan Omar will not blame them for. It's the same thing with racism. You, you, you notice this in particular. Sometimes what the, the left will say, if you, if you wear a uh, sombrero on Halloween or Cinco de Mayo or something, that is cultural appropriation. If you do your hair in a certain way, if you wear certain clothing, that's cultural appropriation. That's racist. If you don't do that, that's cultural erasure. So if you don't eat tacos on Cinco de Mayo, if you don't acknowledge these other cultures, then you're erasing, then you're a white supremacist because you're not acknowledging Mexican people or black people or Asian people. That's very racist. If you do acknowledge those cultures, you're also a racist because it's, it's appropriating, my culture is not your costume, or whatever they say. There's no way to win. It's the same thing with feminism. Do you remember? I remember this uh, about three, four years ago. No, more than that now, I guess. There was a big, breaking, shocking story. Mike Pence, that evil, misogynistic Mike Pence, he refused to cheat on his wife. So Mike, big, huge story. Mike Pence would not go on dinner dates with women who were not his wife, when his wife was not there. That's sexist. That, oh, that's awful. He wouldn't allow women to rise up the ranks. He wouldn't, he was treating women differently than he would treat men. 
So you got to go on dinner dates with women. But then, by the way, you go on dinner dates with women and you're a Me Too predator sexist. There's no, there's no winning. It's a rigged game. The squishes very often give in to this. The people who say, I'm a Republican, but not that kind of Republican. They always say, I'm not a racist. I'm not, I'm not a racist. Please. I, maybe we should reform the police. I'm a, I'm a, not a sexist. I'm a not. They don't care, bro. <laughs> they don't care. Ilhan Omar doesn't care what the cops do. She's going to blame them for anything. These radical leftists don't care what you, white person, or what you, man, or what you, non-LGBT, LMNOP, what you, know, you straight person, do. they don't care. They're just going to blame you for everything. So maybe you should just follow your own moral compass, your own conscience, okay, and just do the right thing and stop trying to play their game. Their game is rigged. Okay, the upshot of all of this is that we are not permitted to question our rulers. I saw a tweet that really sum this up perfectly, from Mehdi Hassan. Mehdi Hassan, I take it, is someone on MSNBC. I've never seen him before, but he has a blue check mark. He's on MSNBC. That is my sister network. That's where my doppelganger uh, performs her show. He was responding to the conservative Jesse Kelly. He said, quote, are you sure you even understand what you're talking about? Keeping unvaccinated people out of public places is a bolded, public health decision and not a political decision. Not sure why this is so hard for the paranoid anti-science right to understand. Good night. Good night, sir. Mehdi Hesse is so much smarter than those stupid conservatives like Jesse Kelly. They don't even understand this is about public health, not politics. Do you think this guy has ever Googled the word political? I bet he has not. I bet he would be pretty surprised. So I said, you know, look, maybe I'm misremembering things. Let me, I'm just going to Google the word political, okay? Do, do, do political, okay. Here's the definition, quote, relating to the government or the public affairs of a country. So it's about public health, not politics. Even though public health is, is politics. It's the same thing. Whenever any lib tells you something is not political. This is not political. Stop making this political. You can bet the farm that whatever they are doing is extremely political and they themselves are politicizing it. You can. You can bet the farm on that. But what, what Mehdi Hassan really means here is this is not something you should be allowed to question. This is political. This relates to the public, but you have no right to question it. We need to outsource this to Dr. Fauci. We need to outsource this to Joe Biden. We need to outsource this to me and all the libs, and you need to do whatever we say when it comes to taking the Fauci ouchie, when it comes to how you can travel and where you can go, and when it comes to wearing that stupid mask. You're not allowed to question it. And if you do, you'll be kicked off of social media. You'll be kicked out of your school. You will be ostracized from society. You will be segregated, like the prime minister of New Zealand says. You will be segregated. You'll become a second-class citizen. You will not be afforded the privileges of the rest of society. Now, the thing about this ruling class that is not allowed to be questioned is that they're not exactly Plato's philosopher kings, okay? These people who say we need to end democracy, we need to end our constitutional republic, they don't have a whole lot to recommend them. Least of all, the most exalted of those rulers, 
Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci just got caught in a big lie. We covered this yesterday. He lied in testimony before the Senate. He said, when he was asked by Rand Paul, have you funded gain-of-function research, period, but specifically in Wuhan. He said, Senator Paul, I have never, we do not fund gain-of-function research. Then Rand Paul said, well, actually, you have. I have the proof of this. He goes, well, you know, even if we did, it's totally fine. But we, that's not what we do, okay, Dr. Paul? So now the NIH is involved in a major cover-up because documents have proven that they did, in fact, engage in gain-of-function research. The National Institutes of Health have just changed their website. Unfortunately for the National Institutes of Health, we have the receipts, which we'll get to in just one second. First, though, you know what we do here at The Daily Wire. The libs cancel people. We hire those people, and we bring you their great products. Well, this just happened with uh, Disney, not even just because of Gina Carano. You know, we're making a movie with her after Disney tried to cancel her, but with Allison Williams, who was a sports reporter for ESPN. ESPN is owned by Disney. Uh, Allison Williams refused to take the Fauci ouchie. She voiced her opinion. ESPN was very upset about this. We think it's great. So she's going to be coming over to the Daily Wire. Here at the Daily Wire, we do not let the leftist ruling class dictate our content. You dictate our content. So head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use the code do not comply. Save 25% right now on a membership. That is dailywire.com slash subscribe. Save 25% on a membership. Also subscribe and start listening to Morning Wire. It's a great news show. It's our answer to the left's morning news shows, where the left takes, you know, 15-minute news shows. They use really quiet voices. They, they make you, they really calm you down, and then they cram a bunch of leftist propaganda. So you say, hello, welcome. This is the New York Times. I'm Michael Baba Baba Baba. And the conservatives are bad, and the leftists are really good. And I'm Baba Baba with the New York Times. And so we're giving you just the facts. In the morning, tune in. It's a great show. We have beaten them on the charts, which we love. Subscribe. We'll be right back with a lot more. The National Institutes of Health funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan, China. They then lied about this. They lied about funding it period. And they lied about funding it specifically, of course, in Wuhan. Now they are editing their website to cover up the gain of function section. Unfortunately for them, we have the internet and the internet is forever. So if you go right now to the NIH website to look up gain of function, nothing is going to come up. If you go to archive.org to look at the old version of the website, a whole lot is going to be coming up. It's going to talk to you about how Gain-of-function research describes a type of research that modifies a biological agent so that it confers new or enhanced activity to that agent. Some scientists use the term broadly to refer to any such modification. However, not all of -of gain-of-function research entails the same level of risk, and then they go on and have this nuanced discussion. What Dr. Fauci is trying to do right now to avoid demonstrating that he perjured himself is he's trying to say that What he engaged in, which is gain-of-function research, is not really gain-of-function research because he didn't know that it was going to be really bad. What is gain-of-function research? It's when you go in and you modify an agent to make it deadlier or more powerful or more transmissible or, or enhance its function in any way. It gains function. 
So Dr. Fauci, what he's trying to say is, no, no, no. If we take a bat coronavirus and we make it way deadlier and way more transmissible, that is not gain of function research if we didn't mean to do it. Whoopsie. If we didn't know for certain that that would happen. Well, what are you talking about? The whole point of the research is to figure out if you are enhancing its functions, if you are making them work, if you're diminishing the functions, if nothing happens at all. Increasingly, this is looking not just like incompetence, there's plenty of that there, not just like ignorance, there's plenty of that there. Increasingly, it's looking like a cover-up. That's a cover-up. What do you call it when you go on and change your website and erase all of the information that shows that you lied and perjured yourself? That, to me, is a cover-up. Dr. Fauci is digging that hole further and further for himself right now. And not only should he be fired, but he should be thoroughly investigated, at least. Speaking of covering up, Joe Biden is showing how silly all of these COVID measures are. He was just prattling on and on about, I don't know, corn pop or something. And then he, well, just take a listen to the clip. So Joe Biden finishes his speech. He coughs into his hand. Now we're told, remember Obama first told us this, you have to cough into your elbow, never cough into your hand, especially during an epidemic, an alleged pandemic. He coughs into his hand, and then what's the first thing he does? He shakes people's hands. (laughs) So all of the people around Joe Biden are wearing masks. Joe Biden is not wearing a mask because the masks are, are extremely stupid. He then coughs into his hand. That's kind of yucky. And then he immediately shakes people's hands. And you know, you know what, folks? Everyone in that picture is going to be fine. Biden's going to be fine. The guy whose hand he shook is going to be fine. The stooges and the masks, they'll be fine too. But it does expose the hypocrisy and the frivolity of this. The COVID hysteria is purely instrumental. The 590th day of 15 days to slow the spread, the purpose of that day is not to protect the public health. It's not to save lives. How dare you killers? You don't want to save lives. It is, as the New Zealand prime minister said, to create a new hierarchy, a segregated society, new classes of people. It is to empower the people who have taken more and more and more of our rights and our freedoms and our way of life over the past year. And people are sick of it. Not just the Republicans, not just the rock-ribbed conservatives, ordinary people, pro athletes, guys like Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather, who comes out as there is a huge controversy around the basketball player Kyrie Irving, who won't get the vaccine. He's being benched now. Floyd Mayweather comes out. He says, hey, buddy, great job. Kyrie, what's up? I know you're going through a lot. We had a chance to hang out in 2016 when you represented America, when you represented the red, white, and blue. You only want to be treated fair. You're a great person, great father, a great athlete, and you believe what you believe. America is the land of the free. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and supposedly freedom to choose. Never be controlled by money. I respect you for having some integrity and being your own man. A free mind makes its own choices. An enslaved mind follows the crowd. Stand for something or fall for anything. One man can lead a revolution to stand up and fight for what's right. One choice, one word, one action can change the world. It's crazy how people 
hate you for being a leader. I hope your actions encourage many others to stand up and say enough is enough. Respect to you, Kyrie, and power to the people. Now, I love this message. I'm not going to flatter people, though, all right? What Floyd Mayweather just said is a bunch of platitudes. It's a bunch of slogans. Enough. Enough is enough. Power to the people. You're free. Be free, right? It's all this really basic stuff that is not particularly profound. It's not deep political thinking. But I still love this message. And I love the courage that it is taking him to stand up and say this. And I think the GOP has a big lesson that it can learn here which is when you were going out, when you were conveying a message, I'm not talking about when we have debates. I'm not talking about when we're formulating our plan, when we're strategizing. I'm not even talking about on podcasts such as this or in think tanks or in the room of advisors. I'm talking about when you are just communicating your plan for America. Keep it simple, buddy. Be like Floyd Mayweather here, where he says, what do we know? What do we know about the vaccine? It's experimental. It's it has had side effects. It has killed people, you say in rare cases, but that's why they paused the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. It's because people were dying from blood clots. It does entail risks. All vaccines, all medical interventions entail risks. And for the vast majority of people, the coronavirus is just not that deadly. It's just not that dangerous. For, for some people it is. For most people, vast majority of people, it's not. So let's just say, hey guys, make your own decisions. Hey, be prudent. Hey, guys, we have a tradition in America of people making their own decisions on these sorts of things. The Democrats are going to say, well, actually, you know, if you look at the statistics and you look at the numbers, and, but, but, and, and we know that the, the scientists all say that the vaccine is totally fine and the blah, 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 blah. Yeah, right. But we know on a gut level this is wrong. We know on a gut level when we listen to the prime minister of New Zealand say she's going to segregate her citizens, we know that's wrong. Okay, we don't, we don't like that. We don't want that. Keep it simple. Yeah, we want freedom, stand up, do what's right. Enough is enough, power to the people. I hear you. I hear you, Floyd. I agree. Now, there's a higher level of this, which is how do we, beyond the cultural sphere, exercise our political rights when we have them? A lot of Republicans, they just twiddle their thumbs. They don't do anything when they have power. There's at least one guy down in Florida who is doing a great job. That would be Ron DeSantis. In terms of the governors right now, he's doing better than any other governor in the country. And one of the smartest things he did on coronavirus is not just write executive orders. It's not just give good speeches. He is installing people in important positions who are able to effect his agenda. One of those guys is the new Florida Surgeon General, a guy who is saying this COVID hysteria is ridiculous. We are not going to buy into it anymore. I've heard some leaders say things like, you know, we'll create safe workplaces by mandating these vaccines. Well, they're really decoupled because the infections can still happen whether people are vaccinated or not. I mean, that's very obvious, you know. And you remember, these people were also telling you that all these breakthrough infections that people on, you know, sports stars and celebrities and your neighbors and maybe you were having after you were vaccinated were rare. Well, they're obviously not rare. In fact, they're common. And so, and so that's the truth. So this idea that the vaccines are needed to create the vaccine mandates are needed to create safe workplaces 
is a complete lie. It's continued to be repeated, and you should know that it's not at all backed up by science. In fact, the science says something that's completely the opposite. So, and that's a fact. So what the Florida Surgeon General is saying right now is something that conservatives have been saying for a very long time. But he has more credibility. Okay. Ron DeSantis could have said those very same things. In fact, I'm sure he has said those very same things. But he recognizes he can't go it alone. You've got to play the game a little bit here. Beyond, I mean, I'm really pleased to hear what this Florida Surgeon General is saying. But beyond that, what it's showing me is that Ron DeSantis has very sharp political skills. It might be ridiculous that we live in the kind of country right now where you need some egghead to tell you basic things, where people are deferring to doctors and bureaucrats, but that's the country we live in. And so DeSantis is not going to ignore that. He's going to play that game and he's going to do it for good, for the good reason. It doesn't hurt. I, I don't like identity politics. It doesn't hurt that the Florida Surgeon General is a black guy. Why does it not hurt? Because the left is going to cry, shriek, white supremacy, and this is a, a terrible, racist man. And so when he's a black guy, kind of takes that off the table. I'm not saying we should always give into that. We should always play that. I'm not saying he was picked because he's black. He's obviously got a very keen insight into this sort of thing. He's obviously a very capable guy with stellar credentials. But from a political perspective, it doesn't hurt. All right. Beyond the virus stuff, this shows me Ron DeSantis knows how to play the game. And this is something that Republicans need to learn the lesson on here. Okay. There are a lot of, to zoom out, forget about the virus for a second, to zoom out. There are a lot of conservatives who say, it is wrong for us to wield the executive agencies when we're, it is wrong for us to govern by executive order. It is wrong for us to have activist judges. It is wrong for us to, because by golly, in my 19th century vision of American government, that is not how things are supposed to be done. We should not have the administrative state. What FDR did, it was awful. What Wilson did, it was terrible. And so we're not going to wield that power. Oh, okay, cool, bro. That's what, well, enjoy play acting, enjoy LARPing, enjoy pretending that we live in a country that has not existed for a hundred years. Because what the libs are going to do is wield power in the country that actually exists today. So they're going to win and we're going to lose. But what are we going to, we're going to lose with dignity, I guess. That's what, that's what these people tell us. Or you can live in the actual political realities that we're, we're in right now and you can use them to your advantage and try to beat the left. All right. This is a power grab. And politics, it's not exclusively about power, but in many ways, it's about power. And so what does that power grab look like? When I first heard that New Zealand prime minister at the top of the show say, you bet, you bet we're segregating people. You bet we're creating new classes of citizens. You bet we're creating new hierarchies. That sent a chill down my spine. I thought, are we living in some dystopian future? But, but that was not nearly so spooky as a story that just came out of Hawaii. In Hawaii right now, the government is using robot dogs to patrol homeless camps and, and scan their heads and make sure that none of them have a fever. And if they are, they will intervene as part of the COVID public health tyranny. That is like Terminator stuff. That is like RoboCop stuff. 
That is stuff that I did not know existed in reality, and apparently it does. These robot dogs are equipped with cameras, two-way communication, artificial intelligence, autonomous data collection capabilities, and scanners that scan your eyes to detect for fevers. Then they interview people who have the fevers and test positive. This is very spooky and it's very inhumane. One, we shouldn't be tolerating homeless camps. We are tolerating them increasingly around New York, around Austin, around Los Angeles, around all these places. But that is inhuman and inhumane. All right, two, we shouldn't just be interacting with people through robots. James Poulos over at the Claremont Institute, he has this idea that transgenderism, the crazy transgender focus right now, is actually just a foot into transhumanism. That it's, <laughs> that it's about transcending our humanity, uploading everything to the cloud. This is, this is wrong. This is the sort of thing, it might be more efficient. In, you know, we've had this debate on the right for a long time. It might be more efficient. It might increase GDP. It might make markets work better, but it's just inhuman. I Here's my bold claim. I don't want to live in a country run by robot dogs. Okay. Speaking of robots, got to get to this clip. I've been putting it off for a few days. I'm not sure that Joe Biden is a human because he, <laughs> hear me out. He was on CNN just talking to Anderson Cooper. He looked, he looked like a robot. He didn't know what to do with his hands. Take a listen. Just in terms of inflation, because you had told uh, us at a town hall, I think it was in July, that the in, this was just near-term inflation. So Joe Biden just standing there, got his hands up. He doesn't. It's like it's like that scene in Thirty Rock where Alec Baldwin says, "I don't know what to do with my hands." Joe Biden doesn't know what to do with his, his hands. Joe Biden is obviously not all there, okay. But the scarier part is not just that we have a guy who's doesn't have a whole lot going on between the ears running the country. The scary part is the people who are actually running the country, we don't even know their names, okay? They're just part of the blob. They're just part of the establishment. They're just part of the new ruling class and the new social hierarchy that is taking power more and more and more and more. You're seeing this at the Department of the Treasury. Janet Yellen right now, the Treasury Secretary, has revealed that this will be Uh, There will be a new counselor for racial equity starting at the department this week. This person is Janice Boldler. Boldler will be charged with coordinating Treasury's efforts to advance racial equity, including engaging with diverse communities throughout the country to identify and mitigate barriers to accessing benefits and opportunities with the department. Why do I mention this? I mean, Treasury is doing a lot of stuff right now behind the scenes that is messing with our economy there. Janet Yellen is now saying, after she told us that the inflation was going to be over within months, it's going to be going on for, for at least a year, but it's no big deal. Don't worry. It'll, it's okay. Why does it matter that they have a counselor for racial equity? Because this is the secular version of a chaplain. Okay. In the old days, you would have a chaplain to deal with the religious life in ostensibly non-religious circumstance. You have a military chaplain, for instance. Universities have a chaplain. You could have a chaplain in your workplace, depending on what institution you work for. Now we don't have that. At Harvard, the chaplain is an atheist. Right? People were shocked to hear, why, how could the chaplain be an atheist? Well, because the 
official religion is now secular. So we don't have Christian chaplains. We have atheist chaplains. And really the chaplain is the director of diversity and inclusion and equity. That is the religion that, that transcends the partisan differences. Okay. Sometimes we talk about the regime on this show. What do we mean by the regime? We mean the things about our government that don't change regardless of the election. Maybe the Republican wins, we're still going to have a counselor for racial equity. Maybe the Democrat wins, we're still going to have a counselor for racial equity. Okay. This is just now in the air. It's just the building block. Okay. And that, this is the thing we need to challenge because this ideology of equity and inclusion and diversity is very contrary to the American idea. Okay. It creates these bizarre intersectional hierarchies and undercuts constitutional government. It takes away a lot of our rights, the authentic right of the people to run their own politics. It's a real threat and it's not going to change unless we, when we are given political power, go at it tooth and nail. Okay. It seems frivolous, but these people mean business. Janet Yellen right now is proposing one of the most radical measures that I have seen in politics. And because she's kind of boring and because treasury is kind of boring and because economic stuff is kind of boring, people aren't paying attention to it. Right now, what they are proposing is taxing your assets that have not been realized yet. I think what's under consideration is a proposal that uh, Senator Wyden and the Senate Finance Committee have been looking at that would um, impose um, a tax on unrealized capital gains um, on liquid assets held by extremely wealthy individuals, billionaires. Um, I wouldn't call that a wealth tax, but um, it would help get at uh, capital gains, which um, are an extraordinarily large part of the incomes of the wealthiest individuals. And uh, right now, uh, escape taxation uh, until they're realized and often they're unrealized and at death uh, benefit from a so-called step up of basis. So it's not a wealth tax, but um, a tax on unrealized capital gains of exceptionally wealthy individuals. Now, you know, I'm, I make fun of Republicans a lot for only focusing on tax cuts and shrieking every time there's a potential tax hike. What, what Janet Yellen is proposing here is not just raising taxes a little bit on the rich. I'm fine with that. I don't care if some woke CEO who has no loyalty to my country and who's peddling a bunch of crap gets taxed more. That's fine by me. I really don't care. All right. The, the wealthy in this country seem disproportionately to be Democrats. So that's fine. Tax them, whatever. What is being proposed here, though, is taxing unrealized gains. And the thing about unrealized gains is they're not real. They haven't, this would be like saying, okay, you've got some stocks and then you're, or let's say you've got uh, Bitcoin or something, right? Or uh, one of these crypto stocks. And then it goes up a lot. So on paper, you've made some money. You haven't actually made the money. You just own some of this stock. What Janet Yellen is proposing is going in to these investments and forcing you to pay taxes on them, but you don't have the cash to pay taxes on them. So you've got to sell the stocks to pay the tax. So what is that going to do to the market? First of all, it'll seriously distort 
these the investments period, right? It'll seriously, if everyone come taxis and has to start selling off their whole portfolio to pay for the taxes, that is going to throw the markets into a frenzy. But also it's just a huge power grab because it's not even taking money that you currently have. It's taking, it's taking money that you might have in the future. It's cutting off your ability to make this kind of money at all. All right. And it's, and they're doing it through all of these different measures. All right. They're doing this through the diversity and equity and inclusion ideology that's infiltrating colleges and boardrooms and the government and everywhere. They're doing it through your bank account. They're trying to take your unrealized gains. They're trying to give the IRS the ability to look at all of your bank transactions if you've got more than 600 bucks in your bank account. That's not the millionaires and the billionaires. That's everybody. They are now going in and telling you you can't leave your home. They're telling you you've got to wear this mask. They're telling you you've got to take the Fauci out here. You'll be segregated. You'll be a second-class citizen. It is a massive power grab to create a new hierarchy. And all societies are going to have hierarchies. The question is, what kind of hierarchy do you want to live in? Do you want to live in something similar to the traditional American understanding of this, where merit counts, where hard work counts, where the people still have a say in their government? Or do you want to live in the, the left's world, where you are not allowed to question the Dr. Fauci's, where public health is not political, where Janet Yellen is not political, where Joe Biden, for goodness sakes, is not political, and where you are ruled by these radical, radical people, and your position in that hierarchy is determined by just how much you are willing to comply. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Clavin Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production, Copyright Daily Wire 2021. The Kyle Rittenhouse case heads to trial next week. We'll talk about the people who should really be standing trial for everything that happened in Kenosha last summer. Also, the Daily Wire breaks major news that could be the nail in the McAuliffe campaign's coffin. And more damning information has come out about the armorer on the set of that Alec Baldwin movie. Was this a diversity hire gone wrong? And finally, an Instagram influencer poses for selfies next to her father's coffin. All of that and much more today on The Matt Walsh Show.